Blog Talk Radio. but I want to stop the count. I want to stop the count for about a month during the season because my Minnesota Vikings upset the Niners last night, and then my Minnesota Gophers beat Iowa in Iowa for the first time since 1999. Okay, I'll spare you the more details when it comes to that. But anyway, I'm going to do a, a that podcast later tonight, by the way. But anyway... We have a lot to get into, no doubt about it. Um, we had a big upset over the weekend. Big, big upset. Santion knocked out Rocha. I mean, I didn't see that one coming. I don't know who really did. Great, great win. Back to the drawing board for for the young welterweight. I mean, you know, he's, he's got two losses. Two solid guys he lost to. So, like I said, back to the drawing board for him. We will cover some of that DAZN stuff, too. We had some good undercard uh, fights. The uh, Speaking of upset, wasn't a major upset, per se, if you look at the betting odds, but uh, Balati and Fiez. That was an interesting fight, fourth fight. We'll definitely talk about that, that Gilly Green fight. Um, you know, Chamberlain pretty much handled, you know, his fight. So we'll talk, you know all about the weekend, no doubt about it. Then we will preview what's coming up. Tyson Fury in a crossover fight on ESPN pay-per-view. We'll talk a little bit about the undercard bouts as well. You know, everybody has their definition of entertainment value. And ever since the last few years of the increased amount of pay-per-views, that... um, Entertainment value has been put to the test. Um, even uh, Tyson Roy Jones exhibition. You know, some people were like, oh, hell yeah. Others were like, eh, I'm not paying for an exhibition. Is this an exhibition? Is it a, a real fight? Um, I, it doesn't really matter, man. It's happening. And as long as we get the fight we all want to get, finally, um, to get that lineal undisputed, you know, with Fury and Usyk. If we can get that next, whether it's December, January, whatever, um, you know, I'll get over it. 
I'll get over it. Um, and then Oshaki Foster and Eduardo Hernandez, Rocky Hernandez, who, by the way, is a very light dog. Amanda Serrano and uh, it was Serrano Ramos. That's right. Um, Twelve rounds, three-minute rounds. Really interesting to see how that plays out in the ring. Serrano, always a great watch, win, lose, or draw. But Foster and Hernandez, man, that's that's close to a 50-50 when it comes to the betting odds. Um, and then we'll talk some fight news and, of course, boxing Twitter segment. We do have the well-respected Jake Donovan on here in just a second. I'm going to pop him in here real quick. Um, but if this is your first time listening to the rope dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope dope and download the show directly there. Great if you do. If not, you can find the rope dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, download the podcast app, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Podbay, and a host of other fo- uh, places places and platforms. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, Direct TV Stream. The MLB postseason is here. Sign up and catch every game live on Direct TV Stream. No satellite dish or cable box required. And for a limited time, you can save $30 when you sign up today. Choose the Direct TV Stream package that's right for you, starting at 64 99. That's direct TV stream. Okay. So, like I said, we are going to, you know, start in the ring. Um, but I want to go ahead and bring in Jake here and get his on this weekend. We're also going to look not just forward to this weekend, but kind of the rest of the, the October, November, December um, schedule kind of highlight some of the, the big fights or, or maybe some of those, you know, fights flying under the radar that turn out to be really good um, that maybe, you know, people don't have their eye on or whatever. We'll go over some, uh, some current fight news as well. There's a lot of rumors about, you know, the, the 17 different cards going on December 9th. I think an 18th just got added. If I, if I, yep, it just got added. I just got a text for it. Um, and then of course, we're going to talk to him about the Showtime boxing um, you know, exiting Paramount, slashing Showtime Boxing, and then, you know, get his thoughts, obviously, on it, and then also the PBC, where do they go, what's he hearing, what's his hunch, and all that good stuff. Let's bring in my guy, Jake, right now. What's going on, Jake? How the hell are you, buddy? Hey, Chris. How you been, man? I feel like it's been forever since I've been on the show, so thank you for having me back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has, man. I remember. Life got in the way the last two times, one for me and then one for yeah. you. So, yeah, it has yeah, but... been too long, man. How are you doing yeah, anyway? A... You good? I Yeah, I'm doing a lot better. I was on a disabled list the last time you <laughs> tried to get me on. I was literally on my way to the emergency camp so, to see if I had two broken toes, which I'm pleased to announce they were not broken, but I did have to wear, like, little toe condoms to kind of keep them, keep them in place for a couple of weeks. So. Back up. Toes, toes are nothing to mess around with either, man. Uh, I mean, not, you, you don't bad. have them yeah. operating. Yeah, so the, the, not being able to, like, walk or run, you know, at, at great lengths, you know, every morning was uh, real rough for me. <laughs> but I'm over it. Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. I yeah. bet. Um, so coming off this weekend, Santion mm-hmm. pulls off this yeah. freaking upset. 
Um, you know, obviously solid fighter coming in, kind of a distance fighter in a sense, right? Um, thought it was a good good fight for uh, you know the young uh, Rocha, where, where he's right where he's at in his career and whatnot. Um, yeah. But hey, that you know he he didn't win many parts of the round. He definitely was trying to find his distance with his jab and whatnot, but it, it just. Yeah. Pretty close, you know, to, I mean, round one, you could just tell, oh, wait, hold on, we got ourselves to fight here, and I don't know right. if uh, he can overcome uh, Santiago. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. A lot of people who, I, most people did pick Rocha to win. And watching Giovanni Santiago, you, I mean, obviously it's easy to realize after the fact. He's one of those guys who's going to either rise to the occasion or he's going to fight down to the level of his opposition. Because um, he's been very inconsistent, in my opinion. Uh, so, obviously, Saturday night was a night where he severely rose to, rose to the occasion. Um, so, that's why I guess a lot of people were not picking him to win. I liked Roach's mentality. Um, he was – at one point, he was the mandatory challenger for Terrence Crawford's uh, WBO title. And the WBO took that away so that he was just kind of parked as the number one contender. And then the mandatory in waiting because the WBO was not going to order it until they, you know, Bud lets them know his, you know, definitively lets them know his next move. So this was a nice risk that for Rocha going in. I respected the fact that he was willing to take that risk. Golden Boy even tried to finagle uh, an interim title out of it. They already had, it was one of those situations where because of the date and when the WBO convention was, it was like it was a crapshoot for them. They tried to get an interim title at stake. The WBA said, "No, we don't want to be like the WBC. We don't want to be like the WBA. We don't have all these interim champions, you know, flooding our rankings." So they rejected it. Um, and obviously, Bud is a super champion, so they can't just outright strip him. I, I feel like Golden Boy, when they made this fight, they wanted the stakes to be much bigger. They wanted to, you know, the, the risk. To, they, they, I guess they wanted the, ro- the reward to justify the risk for. Uh, Rocher, and now, you know, he's left with nothing. He's no longer the mandatory challenger. He's got a brutal knockout loss. And now, you know, Giovanni Santiago <laughs> goes back to top rank. I don't know if they're going to name him outright the mandatory contender, but he's in a great place to challenge for, you know, a world title in, in 2024. But um, getting back to the fight, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I drifted a little bit off, but I feel like with Santiago, even anyone who picked him to win, and I didn't see a lot of people who were picking him outright, nobody, nobody saw that coming just for him to completely steamroll Alexis Rocha. If anything, you would figure that, like, the way Santion has fought, I felt like he has been the better test, but I feel like Rocha's competition has been a bit weak. Sure. I love the fact that he's been active, but when you look back, it's like, you know, Golden Boy is kind of, you know, uh-huh. they know what they were doing kind of getting him to this point. Um, that type of fight on paper, you figure, okay, the way Santion looked, I thought he lost against Julio Luna last year. I thought he was very lucky to get that decision. Um I, I thought maybe Rocha would, you know, wind up going, you know, if it, be, if it came to that. So the fact that Santiago just completely, you know, tore through him, you know, he, he took a little bit of that fight and never looked back. And, yeah, I'm not going to say he ruined it, but it, it's, it's a long road back for Alexis Rocha. You went from, yeah. you know, waiting for that mandatory title fight to, like, damn, you know, how do you match him to get back to that point? It, it, it was a brutal knockout loss. I felt horrible for him, super nice guy, but that, that was a brutal knockout loss. And now, you know, Santiago looks like, if he's going to keep rising to this level of opposition, he is going to very well be a problem at welterweight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like you said, it is a long road back. Um, it, you know, although it's it's uh, you know, although it's 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 getting kind of like uh, oh, sorry about that. Um, although it's you know, it's, it, the the welterweights are getting a little older in the tooth. They, there is a fair amount of young ones 
uh, coming up, and that's like, you know, hopefully in 2024, that's going to be a a big uh, part of it. Now, Scrappy Ramirez on the undercard took care of business, left, well, body work in general, but a left hook to the body. Oh, oh, okay, we just, he just dropped. Yeah, something was up, you could kind of tell. Um, me and Jake sometimes play this back and forth game when he's on. We'll see if he pops in. Uh, but anyway, talking, I'll just talk Scrappy Ramirez going against, what is it, Batista? Batista, I think it was. I mean, body work from the start, left hook to the body in the fourth round was the first knockdown. Big right hand up top, knocked him, de- knocked him down for good. I think it was combinations, then a big right hand, um, and, and Scrappy looked really good. I'm going to go, yeah, I got you, Jake, here. All right, we're back, Jake, we're back. Everything's lovely, we're good. <laughs> yeah, my Bluetooth. It wouldn't be, uh, it it just wouldn't be that. that's okay, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the same if, if this stuff doesn't happen, you know what I mean? Just kind of the part of the segment, yes. I think. Um, <laughs> I was I was just talking uh, Scrappy Ramirez taking care of yeah. business, going to the body, you know, left hook to the body, first knockout, combos and flurries, and then a big right hand. Um, he just a, every you know the last handful of fights, he has just been a blast to watch, man. You just he's right. just a fun watch regardless of, of where he goes in his career. <laughs> Yeah, he he is entertaining. Um, he's he's a lot. He is very extra with his. He's got a very weird personality. Um, I I always joke. He reminds me of like I don't know for fans of the Wire. Everyone knows I'm a, a Wire junkie. He always reminds me of like a mini Bubbles. It's like if Bubbles and like Ozone from Breaking <laughs> had a kid. It would, it would come out to look like Scrappy Ramirez. But it owes the up. dude. He, he is. He, I never thought about it like he, that. That's perfect. Yeah, I, it's that. That's how my warped brain works. Um. But he look, he is entertaining in and out of the ring. God knows we can use that at 115 because a lot of the you know talented fighters at that weight, you know, very few of them speak English. Not to be all xenophobic with it, but you know, to have someone in the U.S. who is at that weight and then who can hang with those guys, you know, that's you know that that does a lot. You know, we're gonna see if if uh, Scrappy's ready for you know Kazuto Yoka, who is now the mandatory challenger for for Gallo Estrada for Tocolatito. You know, those guys. Um, I suggested after that fight. As great as he looked on Saturday, and I think this was by far, his, far and away his best performance. You know, this is WBA title eliminator. He really, really, really rose to the occasion. I think it would benefit him to stay active. Don't rush into a title shot. Look, these guys, they're great pound-for-pound level fighters. Age them out a little bit. You know, there's nothing. I, I don't think he's at his way to getting a title shot. I don't think there's any harm in getting two, three more fights worth of experience. This is only, I think, 13th win, right? He's 13-0, not knockouts, if I'm not mistaken. So why not get a couple more wins, you know, get get a couple more zone paydays, and then go after, you know, I, if we get Ioka and Estrada, I know that, you know, it's kind of iffy at the moment. At first they were looking at New Year's Eve. Now they might be trying to get to the fight in the U.S. It's not 100% certain that they fight. But if they do and he stays active, now he's fighting for two titles in 2024. So, between that and, as we mentioned, his personality, there's definite soft potential. And um, I, I would love to see him, um, you know, grow in the ring. Yeah, that's a good – I like how you put that. There is no huge, huge rush, but, yeah, just keep going, doing your thing. Yeah, he is – he's a fun watch, man. He's a really fun watch. Yeah. Um, you know, right. James – Now, granted, I know we're suggesting this, um, you know, we're suggesting this on a night when Alexis Rocha did just that. And he ran into the wrong opponent. True. But I think for the way you can match Scrappy in the U.S., 
I, I don't know if he's going to be like a, a main event on the zone. You can kind of get away with, I'm not going to say soft matching him, but there are guys right. at 115 you can have him fight and beat. I think he can, he's good enough to beat like the best of the rest of 115 to where he can stay active and avoid, you know, the, the trap that Alexis Rocha fell into. Yeah, that that's a good differential. Yeah, that that's a good point. As long as it's just a good TV fight, because that's really what it's all about um, until that big, exactly. big, you know, moment comes. We had James, yep. we had Fundora also mm. on the quote-unquote B-side pull-up sets on that card. Yeah. Um, pretty good card, man. I, you know, that's the thing about Golden Boy cards. It just, you know, everyone has bad cards or whatever. Everyone has great cards, but... Right. You just, man, I just wish they'd be able to get a just like a, a done deal with the zone for a, a couple of years, you know, instead of this month to month stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say Golden Boy. They were really kind of um, just like you know, kind of piecemealing it. They, a lot of the cards have been pretty whack, you know, the past year and change. I know they had you know situations right. beyond their control. You know, Virgil is uh, supposed to fight Stanionis, and you know, right. then he gets sick, you know, during fight week. Or, you know, I, I get like circumstances like that. You know, they, they can't control that. But they have, I, I don't know, there's been some weak cards. I thought this past Saturday it was a reminder of what they're capable of when the zone actually gives them a chance, you know, to give them the dates, let them, you know, not just get, you know, whatever dates Matchroom can't have, you know, that they get. I'm, Matchroom actually had a show that day. But um, I, I this was a good, I'm not, you know, Golden Boy was given a fair chance and they showed they could deliver. But crazy enough, they got three of their own fighters beat in doing so. But right. I love the fact that, you know, they're, they're willing to take that risk and, you know, bring those you know bring those fighters back. And we saw it with you know Aureli Musino, who hadn't fought since she won the title last year. I, going in, even with the layoff, I thought that she would be a little bit too much for uh, Gabriela Fundora. I thought they were kind of rushing her to a title fight. Right. Um, I always felt like she was going to be a champion, but I'm like, mm. and especially watching Sebastian, you know, lose earlier this year, I was like, are they kind of rushing? You know, is it too much too soon? You know, uh, Marlena Esparza had the other titles and she wasn't free, but. She looks spectacular. I mean, um, she looked good enough to where I really question if Marlon Esparza is going to want to fight her or if, you know, Lachucky Alanis, if she gets a rematch with Esparza. I mean, that's the fight now to make for the undisputed at flyweight. And, you know, who's going to be in a hurry to fight a five foot nine, you know, southpaw flyweight? Mm. So, you know, Gabrielle looks right. terrific. Though. Like, she, um, she, she smoked her early. Yeah, she really did. Definitely. Um, you know, we had some good undercard fights like that. That Gilly Green and that Fiez yeah. uh, Malatia on that uh, right. Chamberlain uh, Lollins uh, fight oh, card. Yeah. Obviously, the main event fell off, but um, the Sky yeah. slash Peacock NBC we can talk about now. Um, what you think of that card? Any any thoughts on that card, sir? Um, I, I, you know, again, so I don't know. I, I don't know where if the, if there was truth that they knew the main event was going to fall out between uh, Joshua Bawati and Dan Aziz. Uh, to right. me, it seemed like everyone who was involved was caught off guard. I don't <laughs> – I can't see them scamming their way into, you know, a new deal with Peacock and then, like, oh, by the way, you know, you know, the fight that we've been, right. you know, for months now, is, you know, we're going to take that away from you. I, I, I do kind – of, I don't see the upside to Dan Aziz pulling out of that fight. So, um, you know, again, it was an unfortunate situation. Um, the boxer cards can be tough to watch. I don't know how they do it in the U.K., but – those the the timing and spacing on those shows, man, it, it makes it. I dread having to cover them. You know, I like everyone over there, but they they got to learn to get to the damn point. You know, so that's um, <laughs> it wasn't a good intro for their first. You know, 
I, I know they've had shows in the U.S. like the um, earlier this year. They had a uh, was it the Lawrence Coley and David Light? They, you know, ProBox picked that up because yep. they had options on David Light. So I get that they've been on U.S. you know TV before. This is like their first one of like, okay, they're going to be doing shows on on Peacock and you know eventually NBC, you know whatever moving forward. This was not the best. And usually you want to go in strong. This was a very weak intro to that market. And um, they had what was it four or five fights? It took a ridiculous amount of time for that card to finish. So that card ran yeah, pace no. with Matchroom, who had way more fights on that show. So. I think they had right. four, uh, four fights all together. And the first one was Karis Arnstall. Yeah, that's what it was. Two, yeah. two minute round, you know, she won after two rounds. It was four minutes of rank right. time. And I'm like, you know, how the hell were we an hour into the show and waiting on the second fight? So, but that's par for the course with every boxer show. So they really have to improve that. I mean, I get that there's a niche audience in, you know, in the U.K. that watches them. But, you know, if they want to jump on that global market, you know, they, they're going to have to do better than what they gave us on uh on Saturday, but it was one of those shows. Yeah, the uh, the undercard turned out to be way better than you know the the main event that we got, which is weird because I know it's supposed to be such a big grudge match, but you know, you know right. Boxer Shamlin for stepping up and and you know winning that fight. So especially when you're live, Jake, at these events, and the shit takes. I know sitting at the armory waiting about 35 minutes for the next fight. That does suck. Yeah, you're just like, dude, come on. I like this music too, but let's get something out there. Give me a four right. rounder or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. and then obviously, you know, Caterall, Linares, you know, yeah. pretty slow that was, fight, uh, obviously. That was pretty damn boring. Yeah. I mean, he got the job done, but that was not too much fun there. Yeah, this was definitely I I I'd say for I know Matchroom has their lower end shows, they have like the you know, the next-gen cards, and those cards actually are usually very entertaining. They, they match their prospects very well on those. This was, for, like, their main zone series, this was probably their weakest show they had, or one of the weakest, certainly, you know, among the weakest in the U.K. So, it was, on paper, this was never going to be a good fight. Um, it's just, yeah, they've had better nights than this. That, I, it was a big letdown, because Cattle, he talks so much, and he's, like, just stuck. Right. Like, he's this guy that, you know, should it be Josh Taylor, we get it. Controversial decision. But that was a year and a half ago, and he fought, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Darren Foley, Darren Foley, whatever his name is, you know, got that win. Right. But, you know, again, there was nothing to write home about. Now you had a shot to pieces Jorge Linares. Right. I get that once upon a time he had power, he's dangerous. Catterall played it way too safe in this fight. It's like you, you just don't, you know, a fight like this is like you want to raise, you know, awareness. Okay, you have to be like, and now he's talking about he wants to, He's going to retire Josh Taylor. I'm like, what? Retire him through boredom? Come on, man. <laughs> he showed nothing in that fight to, to tell me that he's even I, – yeah, look, I get he, he should have beat Josh Taylor. He should have beat the champion. But I still need sure. that signature win from him. Everyone was saying this was, you know, his best win to date or whatever. It's his most notable name. But, again, it, it's the 2023 version of Jorge Linares, who went into the fight saying, if I lose, I'm done, which means you're done right. Already. So, yeah, exactly. I, was, I don't know. I just didn't get the takeaways that he looked so spectacular. It's just this was not the night to play it safe. He had his opportunities to get him out of there. I just I, I was really let down by it to be honest. I shouldn't have been. I, yeah, I me got too. Expected this, Chris. I mean, a lot of pawing with the jab, posing, like not even fainting. You know, it just it, 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 yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Like, but, you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, maybe you know it'll like you know light a fire under his ass and he'll come back. Um, for this weekend, yeah. we have Tyson Fury, uh, you know, in the ESPN pay-per-view. 
some of the undercard bouts, you could at least go, okay, well, there's some heavyweights fighting. Um, and then, the, you know, as far as, like, you know, the, the real, real fights, Oshaki Foster, Eduardo Hernandez, yep. and then Serrano Roma, uh, Romas, 12 rounds. Vanilla Ramos. Three minutes. Ro, Ro, yeah, there you go. Um, break this one down for me, at least the top two, because – you know, Hernandez is definitely a live dog. I like how he yeah. he does come forward, but it's smart pressure. You know, it has a jab. Right. You know, he doesn't just freak out. Um, but then, obviously, you do have Foster, who's very skilled, great footwork, great defense, can counter, can come to you. Um, I'm really excited for these two fights, especially the main event. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this matchup. This is like a perfect, uh, to me, it's a perfect styles match. It's a perfect boxer versus puncher. And, you know, Shock, I, I had the pleasure of speaking to him last week. You know, these are two guys, it's like you look at their records and, like, you think you got to figure it out. It's like, oh, Shock's just from running the goal. You know, boxer, you know, Rocky Hernandez, some face first puncher. You know, to your point, they're nothing like that at all. You know, Rocky Hernandez, he can punch, yeah, but he's not just going to come dive in. I know he had that one, you know, fluke. I don't know if it's a fluke, but he did have that knockout loss. But, um, it's always very exciting. And, you know, Shock is even looking forward to this because he said, like, he's going from Ray Vargas, who's one of the toughest guys to, you know, to fight against and look good against. And now he's got a style where he feels like, it, it, you know, it can't miss. And, you know, he's not just looking to come in here and box and play it safe against uh, Rocky Hernandez. He wants, you know, he's going to Cancun. I, I know Cancun isn't, like, really Mexico. It's, you know, it's tourist Mexico. But, you know, he still, he still views it as going to his opponent's uh, country. He wants to go in and make a statement. So I, I, I really, really like this matchup a lot. That's, like, the one fight I'm going to be watching on Saturday night. I mean, I'll be watching the whole show in general. Matchroom, I think they do a great show. Uh, great job, you know, matching up those uh, Mexico shows. They're almost always entertaining. And I, I don't think this one will disappoint, man. I, I really like this fight a lot. I like Shock to win. Um, I, I, the one thing that would really surprise me is if he won by knockout. But... You know, Rocky Hernandez winning by knockout wouldn't surprise me. Rocky Hernandez outboxing El Shaki Foster and winning a decision, that would truly surprise me. But uh, I, I think Shock will, you know, deliver a very entertaining uh, decision in this one. So, I, I, again, I, I really, really, really love this matchup. And credit to Rocky because I know for a while he was the mandatory, and he acknowledged that, like, of all the guys at 130, especially once Shock got the, the title, it was, like, mm, it was like the one guy he really wasn't in a hurry to fight. So, you know, he kind of caught a break right. when Ray Vargas decided she was going to move up and wait and challenge for the title because otherwise it would have been, well, Jackie Foster and Rocky Hernandez fighting for the, you know, the vacant belt. So, but then they came around and said, you know what, screw it. You know, they, they signed with Matchroom. You know, they feel like they got protection, so now they're ready to take this fight. So they could have, you know, picked, you know, Jack is, is a really, really, really nice boxer. So, again, he's got that 20-2 record. It's deceptive. He had those early losses. He had his, you know, struggles in life. You know, he's really turned that corner, has a great team. And he, to me, he's one of the nicest boxers in the sport. Yeah, I agree. And it just, man, I just, I love how you take some early L's, keep going. Yeah. You're fighting a, a variety of solid fighters at different levels. And now it's like when he got that chance to really show his stuff, I mean, he showed it, man. He really, yeah. really showed it. So I do, uh, I like him in this fight. You know, he's got more more ways to win, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward right. to this fight. Like you said, old school style matchup with skills, though. Both of them got real skills. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and uh, any other items that you'd like to discuss about this coming weekend or or, or or anything else, you know, pertaining to last weekend or anything like that, Jake? 
Well, yeah, you did mention, you know, Amanda Serrano, she made the push to yep. have, you know, 12 rounds, three rounds per round. I love the way she's thinking. It's like she had this routine, what should have been a routine, you know, well, I guess title career elevation about Danilo Ramos is her mandatory. She has the interim WBO title. Amanda Serrano is the undisputed champ. There's so many reasons why she could have just taken this fight, you know, whatever, make it a routine, you know, mandatory, just take the money and run. She wants to make a statement every time. She takes great pride in being the face of Puerto Rico. Like, you know, everywhere she goes, like, she can't even push out without being stopped, but she doesn't stop living a life, you know. She, she loves the fact that, you know, people look to her, you know, they're her, you know, her role model, and she wants to carry the back on her mm-hmm. sport. This is another example of it. You know, I, I said it, you know, when this fight was first announced. A lot of people in the sport, they talk about wanting to change the culture. There are very select few that actually go out and do it. She's doing it every single time. She had her heart set out even after the loss to Katie Taylor. I'm going back to featherweight. I'm getting all the featherweight chips. Within two fights, she was the undisputed featherweight champion. And, you know, now here she is, you know, making um, another statement. So, and, you know, she told me she wants this is going to be the standard for her moving forward. Now, I get that, you know, if she has to fight face Guy Nicholson, who is the, what is she, I think the silver champion. I think she's the silver of the interim uh, WBC champion. But WBC is the one sanctioned body that won't allow three-minute rounds, and their title is not at stake. So, you know, she'll have a decision to make there, whether she's going to be able to force Sky into three-minute rounds or Sky would even want to do it. But um, beyond that, it's like, you know, if she has to say, you know, she's going to she's going to invite her opponents to participate, you know, keep doing it. Like, look, the men do 12 rounds, three minutes per round. We're going to do the same. So, you know, can't, can't sing her praise. I will be running side for that fight on Friday, too. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know, we're, we're, we're nearing the end of October. Kind of hard to believe. Yeah. September, October, just flying by, man. And right. So up here ne- next, <laughs> Jake, it was just really nice the other day. In like a week, we got highs, <laughs> like high of 37. High of 37. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll pop back up a little bit. That's how Minnesota yeah. is. But, yeah, man, we, next Monday or Tuesday, a high of 37 and lows in the 20s. So, Oof. yeah, it's uh, it's getting real now. It's getting real. Um, so, yeah. you know, we got a We're kind of blessed. Of, We're at um... – Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, we're kind of blessed. It's like it was 70s today. I think it might have hit 80, actually. So, right, like the very tail end of, like, the really nice weather down here. So. Definitely not yeah, Minnesota. That's crazy, though. The Leafs have just changed like nuts in the yeah. last week or so. Uh, it's just it's been nuts. Right. We we started October hitting ninety, it, like totally wow. crazy, you know. So it's been, yeah, it's been a really weird October up here in the north. But um, no. you know, we got we got basically November December left. Um, let's talk yep. about a, a handful of fights that really you know are piquing your interest, whether it's Pro Gray uh, Haney. Benavidez Andre, mm-hmm. Bam Sonny. I mean, there is Cameron uh, Taylor, too. I mean, there's a variety of yep. fights, big and large and small, um, still left on this fight schedule, my friend. Yeah, yeah, we do have quite a bit left. Um, I, I, I am intrigued by pretty much every fight you mentioned. Um, Benavidez Andrade is more so like if just Benavidez, you know, has the discipline to deal with that style of Demetrius Andrade. Um I, it's weird. It's, like, it's one of those fights I look at, I'm like, ah, you know, Benavidez shouldn't handle him. But it's like, you know, what if this is the fight where, you know, Demetrius does finally rise to the occasion. It's his first former champion that he's finally fighting. He's been – he was the one on board for this fight all along. So, you know, it was the other side that, you know, had a whatever, I guess, you know, whatever was going on in David's camp that, you know, he had to firm up all the details. But, 
you know, credit to Boo Boo for chasing that fight. I just don't know how, and I hate, I'm not going to say hate, but um, this was a fight like if we had Showtime sticking around, this should have been a Showtime fight. The fact that it was always budgeted to be a pay-per-view kind of speaks to it. It's like, yeah, we had this great year in 2023, but we do get way too many pay-per-views, and that fight is an example of it. So I understood, you know, why Benavidez and Caleb Plant was, was the pay-per-view, um, even though that could have been a really great Showtime fight. You know, I was fine with, you know, look, they both had to get paid a lot of money, but this one is like, eh, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a little lazy, you know, going the pay-per-view route. But obviously now we know why, just because there's no more Showtime dates. So, um, right. yeah, and plus, I don't know, it's just, I just still want to see, much, we, we keep hearing, like, that many more, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you mentioned that, like, you know, you're not really a boxer if you're not fighting on December 9th because we have so many freaking fights that night. I'm still waiting for the November 25th card to fill up because I've been hearing a lot of rumor about, about that as well, but none of them have really been confirmed. I know they kept saying that Jamal Charlo is going to fight Jose Benavides, which is a fight I absolutely do not care about. A fight I do care about is Brave August and Brandon Figueroa. Um, we still don't know yeah. if that's going to be November 25th, if that's going to be December 9th. Um, waiting for I, I don't know it's just it's I, I don't know I just don't know how to feel about that night um and the fact that we're getting another pay-per-view two weeks later so there's like everyone's like say you know Showtime's going out with a bang I'm like eh, $150 you know for you know three of the two of the final three shows of the year I don't know if that's going out with a bang but um I'd say yeah but as far as I've done any fall great fight yeah no it's it has been a fantastic out with a year bang, I just wish right Well, the thing thing I've been saying, too, is that, and I mentioned this last year, so I kept asking questions. The last banger of a main event that we got on Showtime where we didn't have to pay for was Charlo and Castaño, too, that rematch. Since then, it's been like, you know, some good main events, competitive shows, but nothing that would, like, really drive subscriptions. And I've been asking, 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 and I know people have questions about, you know, when decision was made to cancel Showtime, where PBC goes, but... It's one of those, it's like for more than a year, every time I ask questions, I'm like, the, the, the signs were there, red flags. Every time I've been told to turn around and mind my effing business. So it's like, you know, now, now here we are. It's like, okay, well, now we got one Showtime date coming up. That's not pay-per-view. You know, and that's going to be, the, you know, the very last show ever. So it's, you know, we, like we still got unanswered questions, and we're at the end. <laughs> yeah, and that, you're right as far as the, the, the quote-unquote free shows – uh, it's mostly smaller yeah. weight. If it's a good matchup, it's smaller weight type stuff, not necessarily stuff that's going to drive subs, like you said. Um, and that, and, yeah. and what I was going to say is that Benavides Andre would be a nice, you know, ratings getter to lead into, yeah. you know, a potential Canelo fight uh, if it was, uh, you know, on regular Showtime. So, yeah, to yeah, your point, I mean, because uh, these are the two guys. Yeah, these are the two guys that Canelo won't fight. I, like Andre. Right. Went to, you know, PBC because he couldn't get the fights he wanted anywhere else. So he said, okay, let me go to PBC where at least they got a surplus of super middleweights that I can go fight. You know, Benavides is the one mandatory challenge. Like Canelo, it took a long time for him to mention his name in a sense that he, okay, yeah, now he would consider fighting him. You know, before then it was like, I don't want to fight him in the Mexican or, you know, whatever. Had a bunch of reasons for why he didn't want to fight. I'm not saying he's talking either one of them, but he made it very clear for a long time that he had no interest in fighting either of those guys. So... Yeah, I'm with you. It's like it, it seems weird that you take those two guys and you're putting them on a pay-per-view two weeks before your final pay-per-view ever, and one where there's going to be more star power that night, which is probably going to cut into the buy rate for this show. It's like now you're diminishing 
their drawing power. These are the two guys that are making the case. They want to fight Canelo. I, I'm with you. Like, this could have been, like, there, there could have been another way to raise their profile than to just stick them on a, you know, pay-per-view that people probably won't buy and on Thanksgiving weekend at that. Right. Yep. It is a good, it, like, it, it is a good, Thanksgiving's a really good weekend to go to Vegas, I'll say that. Um, yeah. But, because it's cheap. And there's all sorts of sports going on, too. You know what I mean? You got the football, yep. college basketball, Thanksgiving tournaments. And uh, I've I definitely hit up Vegas around Thanksgiving a couple times, man. It's, it's definitely fun. But, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I think the first six rounds, I think Andre is going to be a handful, you know. But once you get to, yeah. to the midway, then I think Benavidez will turn it on and everything. But I am happy for Andre finally getting the fight. They even gave yeah. a tune-up. Yeah. You know, so that was legit. Okay, you got your little tune-up. Yeah. Now, now let's get you a big fight. So I am happy for that. Um, but yeah, right. I think it's a great matchup, and and I'm glad Benavidez ain't just sitting around, you know, waiting for Canelo. You know, this year has really shown and proved that he's he, he's he wants to move on with his career, and hopefully it's next type thing. Yeah, I I would hope so, especially because like you know everyone's asking like what's going to be PBC's next move. I, you know, I don't have any inside information. I've heard the same things that everyone else has. They're looking at trying to do stuff with Amazon, but I don't even know if that is anything beyond just Amazon, you know, presenting their pay-per-views. You know, like I don't know how much they're going to invest in boxing. I haven't heard anything in that regard. So there is somewhere out there a second deal that I don't know about. So, um, you know, we'll see. But they have to find a way to build these guys to get, you know, they can't just do pay-per-view shows. I mean, I guess they can if they want to. I just – don't see it being a very successful model if that's going to be the plan. But so hopefully they do land a deal somewhere. I just don't know where it's going to be. Everyone thought, like, once Boxer said they're doing deals, oh, NBC's back in business now. So maybe they can, like, well, you know, PBC was already with NBC. And, you know, I, right. I was around when they had all those network deals, and a lot of them did not end on a high note at all. So, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, if they want to walk back through those doors. But uh, we shall see. I don't know if PBC going to design. I don't know if there's any likes to that, you know, how – if there's been talks or how far they've gotten. Um, yeah, I said even last year, it's like that if PBC and Golden Boy found a way to kiss and make up, that, that was like they really ran things. Like they, when, when those yeah. two were at, you know, the at their pinnacle, they they didn't really run HBO out of town, but they, you know, Showtime really, really, that's when they really closed that gap. They weren't just the second yes. network. Now it was like all of a sudden one on one a where, you know, HBO had to race its game and, you know, there were times, you know, t- you know, during that period where they struggled to keep up. So, um, I always wondered, like, if, if you know, I, I hoped, like, the, the Tank and Ryan Garcia fight would have been that one where, okay, now they can get together. Right. But it, it obviously did not work out that way. BBC was fine doing things the way they were doing and for very good reason. And Golden Boy, I mean, you know, they wound up with a lawsuit with their, their, uh, their top fighter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I always think back but, uh, that if they would have, if if Oscar actually would have taken that deal in Golden Boy and PBC together, you know, or not PBC, go, yeah, yeah, well, Golden Boy Promotions, you know, they were gonna buy the thing. I mean, it seemed like you right. said it was a fine-tuned machine at that time. You had the matchmakers, you had someone out yep. front like Oscar could have been that guy too. I just, man, yeah, you're right though. The, for a couple years there. They were really starting to put butts in the seats, getting people excited. Yeah. And like you said, a legit competitor, budget-wise, too, and just fight fight for fight. They were winning at that time. Yeah. That's, and I'm thinking, like, literally, like, 10 years ago, 2013, like, my fondest memories of that year was, yep. like, 
most of the best fights were, you know, not they weren't PBC yet, but they were Showtime events. Right, right. So. Yep, working together. Yep. Yeah, that'd be great, man. And that, yeah, yeah um, I don't know. I just yeah, but as far as like uh, what to look forward to this year, I mean, like I said, the Haney. I loved, you know, the the pro Gray Haney builds up. A lot of people complaining it was, uh, you know, I, I know Haney's uh, not Haney. Pro Gray's a uh, strength and conditioning coach went completely off the rails, but you know he was there <laughs> representing Regis. Yeah. So he, Find right. a way to make a name for himself. I, I thought it was entertaining. And, you know, Regis and Devin, they're going to find a way to talk their junk to each other. So um, I, I really love this fight. Devin's still doing his bicostal tour. He was at MetLife Stadium and brought my Giants. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, Devin Haney, for showing up, supporting Jaquan Barkley and the Giants. But, yeah, I mean, he's just on, you know, I, I kind of, not saying he's copying Bud or anything, you know, but, like, Bud, once he got that win, big win against, yeah. you know, Errol Spence, it's yep. like, that victory lap was unreal. I've never seen anything like Unbelievable. it. Devin's doing it before the fight. He's done, I, I don't know, it's been, like, you know, 13 straight days of interviews just all around the country. So, you know, that, I think they're doing a phenomenal job of building up a fight that they were kind of worried about, like, okay, you know, it's a great fight. Is it going to sell? You know, they're moving a lot of tickets. Supposedly there's, like, over 9,000 tickets sold already. Um, I don't know if they're going right. to sell out Chase Center, but it's been – very favorable reaction. The Warriors are behind it. I know they, you know, that Devin doing the thing with, with Steph Curry. So a lot of people are into that. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to do on pay-per-view, especially competing against a Showtime pay-per-view, yeah. the very last Showtime yeah. pay-per-view. So I don't love that part of it. But that is the one fight. Like, that's, I love the Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez fight. But Haney Progre is like, that's a fight like both of them just really, really deserve. And I, I just love how, you know, the industry has responded to it. Yeah, I, I have loved the little build-up there. Even that little yep. quick little clip that they had of both of them talking about each yep. other, that was a really cool up-close yeah. shot and all that. That was really cool. And, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been great. And like you said, that Bud, that Bud parade, I mean, the whole – I mean, it's, 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 been, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been a thing of beauty to watch him after this fight, man. It really has. Yeah. Yep. And somehow right, it's finding time to stay in the gym everywhere he goes. Oh, of course, yeah. Looking as sharp as ever, you know. Yeah, looking in shape, yep. ready to go. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, and you know, all of a sudden he's got a business sense. He's ready to go. You know, it's like okay. It took him a little while, but hey, yep. he's putting it all together, man. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's great to see. Um, so otherwise, anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? We do. You do have a story unboxing scene on Oshaki Foster right now, correct? Yes, I do. Yep. Uh, probably a few more coming as well. So, you know, I, again, he um, he's – I don't know why I thought that he was going to sign with Matchroom. I know Rocky Hernandez did sign with Matchroom prior to this fight being made. They, you know, won the first bid. They got the fight. Um, Shock right. is open to doing business with them. Obviously, the benefit of that would be if they can guarantee he could fight Joe Cordina next year in a unification bout. So, those, in my opinion, they are the two best, you know, 135 fighters in the world. Lee Wood just moved up, so there's a lot of great options, a lot of great opportunity for really whoever wins this weekend, whether it's Shock or, or Rocky. So, because, you know, if Rocky wins, yeah. you're not going to have any choice to fight, so everyone's going to want to fight him. But, um, yeah, this is a, a really good opportunity for Shock to take his career to the next level. So, um, that that's a fight I love to. I know uh, Joe Cordina fights a week later, so, you know, the sure. winner of this weekend will be paying close attention to that fight. So, yeah, it's. Um, Really nice way to bridge the gap towards, you know, hopefully something big for them in 2024. All right. There you have it, Jake. I really appreciate you making time, man, and you have yourself a good night. 
All right, thank you. And thank you for not asking me about the other show going on this Saturday because I oh, did, not yeah. want to, did not want to have to shit on it. <laughs> thank you. That's right. Yeah, thank you for letting me uh, <laughs> stop that one. All right, thanks for having me back, Chris. I hope, hope to be back All soon. All right, mate. All right, take it easy. All right, take care, bro. All, All right. right. Peace. All right. Jake Donovan, always the professional, the well-respected. Um. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a pretty good schedule to close here. You know, pretty good schedule. Not nothing that's just crazy and stuff, but you know, when you look at Progre, Haney, Benavides, Andre, Bam, Sonny, Oshaki, you know, I, I do like this. You know, Rocky Hernandez, Oshaki, Foster fight. Like I said, um, you got some interesting fights, no doubt about it. And you know, if we do have that Thurman Stanonius fight. Bring that on. I know, I know. Uh, you know, the pay-per-view I'm not, you know, love, in love with, but I love the fight because Stanonius has needed a big fight. He's been right there on the cusp of a big fight. And, uh, you know, Thurman's been out of the ring since not February, but last February. So it, kind of, it definitely evens out as far as out of the ring because that's obviously, you know, the stop-and-go type of stuff, injury this, injury that. Uh, you know, for him and for Ortiz uh, this year. It's been a rough year for him, so that, I would love if he got that fight. I would definitely love it, but um, we're going to go ahead and bring in John to the fold and see what he thought about this weekend, see what he thinks about you know, the upcoming Foster Hernandez fight. We do have 12 rounds, 3 minute rounds now too, with Serrano Ramos. Go ahead and bring him in Hey, how you doing, John? What's going on? Oops. Huh. I'm not sure what. Oops. Let me see. i got to reset it, maybe. I see Portland on. What's going on, Portland? Anybody else on that wants to talk right now? I see a couple of not necessarily uh, some new numbers that I, I haven't haven't seen a whole lot of of late, anyway. Um, but, yeah, if you want to um, press 1 and join in, cool. If not. That's cool too. Any any of the newbies out there? Um, yeah, I mean we uh, we definitely. Oops, what did I just do? Okay, we're okay. <laughs> All right, I don't know what the hell just happened there. Something's going on. Uh, that's weird. Wow. Okay. Um. Let's see. So, yeah, I mean, breaking down, just real quick, breaking down that uh, Santillan and, and Rocha fight, I mean, the left hand was finding a, a target real early, early and often. Um, you had Rocha landing his left hook and some body shots. Uh, Santillan closed with right uh, hooks and nice uppercut. Exchanges early in the second round. Definitely um, Santillan getting the better of it. You know, I thought the uh, the third round was pretty close. I thought the jabbing while using some movement was a little bit red, better for, for Rocha than the first couple rounds. But um, I would say, especially to close the round um, in that body work, I'd still probably give it to Santia, uh, or Santillan. Um 
The short shots, though, in combination, he just started taking over the fight. Fourth, fifth, you know, fifth round scored, you know, two knockdowns. Had a combinations with a left uppercut, knockdown, follow-up shots, knockdown. Just started pouring it on. I mean, really started pouring it on. You know, for a second there, um, Rocha found a little space, circling and jabbing, but, you know, several right hands. I think it was, what, four to six right hooks or something like that? Another knockdown. I mean, in that fifth round, for power shots alone, and it's not like, uh, you know, Santian threw a lot of <laughs> threw a lot of jabs, but 30 of 58. I mean, that is really pouring it on. A right hook, left uppercut, rinse and repeat knockout for uh, Santian and, and Rocha. Like like Jake was saying, it's it's a long road back, and you know, because he he was just climbing the ladder, so he got knocked down lower than where he was, you know. So um, we'll see, we'll see if he can bring you know come back from that. Um, you never know. You got to give the kid a shot. And like I was saying with Jake, it's just I did not see like a win upset. Okay, maybe I didn't. I didn't see it coming, but maybe. But the way it was done, like I thought this would go the distance for sure. No, uh-uh. you know it, it, that that was not the case. That was not the case whatsoever. Um, just a great performance. Just. Just fun, man. Just just fun to watch. Like I said, uh, what else did I not cover really? I mean, the the Chamberlain fight. He he was like, you know, he was jabbing fairly well early on. You know, he went to the body. Um, he was working the body with his free hand really well. He had this like good distance um, and overall decent defense. Um, and by the midway through, he started digging to the body really well. Left hooks, um, short uppercuts, you know, Chamberlain able to trap him on the ropes and whatnot. It, it was, like I said, it was one-sided. We also had the Joe Laws uh, upset win um, over uh, Hennessy Jr. I, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned that one. Um, but I did think that uh, Fiez and Balatia – I thought that was a fun fight. Um, a lot of inside action, basically from round one, maybe the last part of round one. I thought uh, Fiez had the, the shorter, cleaner shots there. Had him win in the second round as well. Um, there was times where uh, Balatia was, was able to, um, you know, force Fiez to the ropes. That was kind of a big thing, putting him on the ropes. There was, I'd say in the second round, he had to get off those ropes. He landed a nice left hook and then just kind of settled in with the jab um but one two is a lot of the the fight from uh fiez um for the most part anyway um and then i'd say let's see fourth round definitely started giving more rounds to balatia i mean he started using his jab the short combinations on the inside um and just started kind of overwhelming him you know circling and pot shotting and jabbing um trying to create distance was uh Fies, but after a while it just the distance started shrinking on him you know and like i mentioned the one, one hand free uh, for chamberlain i mean he was definitely 
using the one hand, uh, you know, at close in the trenches, at close corners, the uh, Velatia. I mean, he was he was really, you know, making use of that. Um, and then I think he poured on the body work, combinations to the head and body. The fight started more and more, you know, having, you know, featuring tie-ups and whatnot. But pretty much after that, I mean, it was – the seventh round was close, but then it was – that eighth round started really – you know, I'll give credit, though, because there were moments where uh, Fiaz was, like, pushing him to the ropes more and more and, 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 you know, able to land some decent shots. But the left took to the body uh, and then to the head knocked him down. I think it was like maybe 45 seconds or something like that. Um, and then followed up with combinations, had him on the ropes, taken heavy shots, went back to the corner, and it was a wrap. It was over. Um, so that was a, a good performance. Fun fight. Like I said, I was talking about it last week, how they were equally – there was a couple equally matched fights that, sure, we, we probably know the ceiling on some of these guys. But from a, ba- a boxing fan perspective, they were good competitive fights. And ultimately, you know, that's what we, uh, we want to see. Um, the Gilly Green, or Gilly, Gilly, I think it's Gilly Green. Gilly won that one, 118, 110, 117, 110, 116, 111. But it wasn't that easy. You know, Gilly came out pot-shotting, left hands to the body, green, um, had him buzzed, I think, at the end of that first with a left hook. Um, and Gilly, though, finding his range, you know, for a handful of rounds there, um, winning the rounds, I thought, um, uppercuts, left hand to the body. There was, a, I think it was the, was it the sixth round that he scored a knockdown? Um, or he got, yeah, he got knocked down. Green got knocked down. I think he took a, yeah, it was a body shot, left hand to the body shot. It was, yeah, I think it was a body shot. Um, he took a knee, went down to his knee, um, and seventh round, Green landed some really good left hooks. Like, he, he definitely he started increasing the pressure more and more, landed right hands, landing hooks, um, a lot of back and forth, you know what I mean? Good stuff, but then I did think that's where it kind of started going in Gilly's uh, favor again. And, uh, you know, basically – like jabbed and moved his way and at times like I said moving him back you know to the to the dub uh, but but a good little fight you know what I mean a good little fight um, like I said maybe the levels aren't all that high but eh, you know sometimes you can go to a local you know show and, and you're never really going to see much of these guys on TV but they're equally matched fights and, and ultimately that's you know, that's what it's about. I'm going to go ahead and bring in John into the fold here. All right. What's going on, John? How you doing? Chris, how's it going tonight? It's going pretty good, man. Going pretty good. How about you? Good, good. Can't complain. Every Everything uh, everything going well. Good to hear. Um, what were your thoughts? You know, I talked earlier about uh, – uh, Scrappy Ramirez, Johnny, John Scrappy Ramirez, you know, taking care of business. We talked about a variety of other fights, too. That Caterell Linares was just uh, pawing with the jab, <laughs> mostly just a really slow, slow fight. Um, 
But what were your thoughts, you know, from the weekend? Any any thoughts from the weekend? Obviously, the big upset was uh, Santillan taking out uh, Rocha. Yeah, it wasn't much of a weekend except for, as you just pointed out, uh, Santillan pulling the upset over Rocha. And very good performance by him. And, you know, of course, he's trained by Robert Garcia, too, and undefeated going in. But, you know, we've got to remember on the other side of the coin, you know, 31-year-old welterweight, you know, now now becoming a contender, but you know, not really at a normal age for a, a welterweight prospect traditionally. Um, very good performance. I agree with what you said. The way he did it as well was something you wouldn't have expected. Uh, you know, a, a, an aggressive approach resulting in a knockout. Uh, so, you know, it was a surprise as an upset in the way Santion did it and, you know, really puts himself as a legitimate top 10 guy in welterweight, a very deep division. Uh, especially in recent years. So a big, big win for him and big setback for Rocha, as you mentioned um, that, you know, Jake Donovan was referring to it as, as I would agree with that. Um, You know, at the risk of overgeneralizing a little bit, um, wasn't talked about as much going in. Of course, it was one of those situations. It was a uh, top rank, Golden Boy crossover, right? And uh, you know, on the zone, and you know, you you can fall into the trap of overgeneralizing a little bit, but it's still okay to look for trends when you think it out. And you know, even, even though people say, "Oh, you know, we we don't worry about that," because you, you know, people don't really act that way, even though they say it. But they say, "Oh, you you can't you can't be a fan of certain promoters or." or who cares about keeping track and things like that. And, you know, I'd I'd be the first to say, as you look at the, if you wanted to say the major U.S. entities, your top rank, uh, PBC, and Golden Boy, with all due respect to, you know, Eddie Hearn, DeZone, and Matcher in the U.S., the former three I mentioned are are the top ones. You know, you saw some people I thought maybe, try and overgeneralize a little bit about some guys who were with top rank or, or had been with top rank beating some PBC guys and then even even picking up a, a win on the occasional golden boy top rank crossover, which, you know, it doesn't happen much, but you'd, you'd go back a few years um, and, you know, maybe look at uh, when, um, you know, Ramirez was uh, – was came over and, and beat Booker on the zone and some of the earlier times at the zone. But getting back to Saturday night, so you had Santian, uh, a top-ranked guy, beating Rocha. And what came to me at the risk of the overgeneralizing is Golden Boy shrinking up. I mean, may, maybe you, you have to wonder a little bit, you know, how how good are, are some of the guys that, that they have? I mean – they were kind of down to, you know, of course, losing Canelo. Then I've been saying this for a few years, you know, they were rightfully focusing on in terms of who they had left, you know, Munguia, Ryan Garcia, Virgil Ortiz. And 
you know, Ryan, of course, fighting a very tough opponent. And, you know, I, I do like Ryan Garcia's abilities, but, you know, it did, didn't go well for him against Tank Davis. Uh, Munguia, a guy I admittedly also kind of like, but hasn't really progressed. Virgil Ortiz has been on the shelf. You know, they're talking about him coming back, but he's had the weight issues. And then, you know, of course, Rocha, a guy well below them, but again, with Golden Boy not having the depth, uh, so important and not that far uh, below them. And, you know, crossing over with a guy and, and getting blown away kind of kind of does speak well of the top-ranked guys who, even if, you know, you look at Crawford as a former top-ranked guy beating Spence, and, of course, he, he did get the win over Porter, even though it was tough. You know, Fury's got the wins over Wilder. Uh, just saying that, you know, top rank kind of is precise with that stable, tearing it down, which sometimes you don't like seeing it, but maybe maybe, it, maybe they do have some eye for who they keep. You know, I think PBC always sure. has the most depth and the most fighters and can make the most, I've always said that, they can make the best fights. And they do overall because they have, more guys, which that's a credit to them. But maybe I was thinking maybe, maybe there is a, a, a slight bit to the trending, and I was thinking that with Golden Boy already kind of being in rough shape, in my opinion, only being seen on the zone and shrinking up more and more in terms of the quality guys they really have. Uh, seeing, seeing Rocha, a guy who is undefeated, but the 31-year-old welterweight, uh, not – not speaking and, and did surprise us all for the let's face it for the most part you didn't you didn't really see anybody that I knew of calling this one going in uh, right. at least you know not widespread that's for sure so a surprise and, and then might again I'd be the first even to say myself it might be a little bit over generalizing but it did jump out to me that you know there has been a lot of talk of people in the boxing community. And the longer it's gone on, probably rightfully so, that, you know, when when's Munguia going to really get it stepped up more? I mean, he's he's got some he's got some good wins, uh, but, you know, against even tougher competition, and it just hasn't happened. And Virgil Ortiz has been on the shelf, and, you know, Ryan Garcia suffered the knockout loss to Tank, and he's talking about coming back, but he's not back yet. And he was also talking about leaving Golden Boy, so – you, know, you combine that with, of course, we know Showtime's gone, but still with the zone in the U.S. already basically on life support, uh, that's not 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 looking not looking too good for the Golden Boy the uh, zone contingent there. That's that's one thing in the broader spectrum that came out of it, and then on the smaller spectrum, Santian making himself a legitimate top ten guy, you know, ring transnational now big win for him but does go to a little bit than what we're talking about with depth and things Uh, so after the fight he's talking i'd like to find you know fight mario barrios but as we all know mario barrios is a pbc guy and pbc has a lot of welterweight depth uh, and and i don't blame pbc one bit for that i mean why why is pbc gonna make that fight and part of why that happens is because who's he really got to fight now? So, um, right. you know, Virgil Ortiz, Virgil Ortiz is going to be gone from what weight now. Can't obviously can't make the weight. 
So there's there's nobody to cross right. over with really on the, on the zone. So you know, I guess Santian kind of knows that, and of course Robert Garcia is well involved in the game in all facets and would know that as well. He, he's he's big win, but still still got to get a fight. Yeah, you're right, man. I hmm, it'll be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting here. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this Fury thing? Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if we can get Usyk next, that's all I really give a shit about. Um, I don't really want to buy this pay-per-view, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we, we've uh, kind of, our entertainment value, we always been kind of saying, well, this one doesn't do it for me, this one does type stuff. Um, what are your thoughts in general assuming anyway and you know in boxing when you assume you know what happens but assuming that Fury and Usyk is actually done what are your thoughts there a little bit they do have an undercard full of heavyweights uh some you know match better than others let's put it that way and then Oshaki Foster and uh Eduardo uh Fernandez Rocky Fernandez I'm really looking forward to that main event well Glad you asked, Chris, because on the Fury Nugano thing, you know, slash Fury Usyk, I do have a take different than everybody else that I mostly see, and not in terms of what I think is going to happen, but, you know, boxing, even though we would like to see things um, more organized, at least from my perspective, with you know, weight classes and having one champ a division, you know, for for me, fewer weight classes, one champ a division would be two of the main things you, you always hear me focus on and that I'm focused on, and I think for good reason. But with that said, one thing that makes boxing arguably more entertaining than other sports is it's not so regimented like say the NFL where like, in other words, like weird things can still happen. And, you know, boxing historians always talk about them and, and longtime fans that that's part of the charm of the silverboard fans get frustrated. So, you know, in, in the tradition of boxing, even though MMA hasn't been around that long, but, but weird things like this happening, is not unusual in the sport of boxing. So, you know, I'm also different than some people that, and there are people that agree with me on this. There's more, a little bit more of a split on this, but I am on the side of, you know, if you want to talk about events like this and influencer boxing and misfit boxing, I'm going to be on the side of with the way boxing's popularity and exposure has faded. And you and I talk about it a lot, Chris, and I think for a very good reason, I'm on the side of we're at a point with boxing where you need all the attention you can get. And a lot of times these things don't lead to anything more, but I, I am of the opinion it can't hurt. So, you know, obviously the Saudis felt good about putting the money up. We've also talked about that a lot in the past. If you read up in the, the kind of the broader implications, the Saudi government is on a campaign. It's actually the government that wants to change the the image, you know, of the country and the and the kingdom and uh they are, you know, 
putting this money out on events. They, they are just on an outright campaign to have a more modern image, uh, change the image a bit. You know, some of it, of course, is not reality, uh, but, but there are some changes as well. And, you know, they want to promote that. So that's, that's where this money is coming from and available. Uh, but I, I don't feel it's being utilized. What I'm, what I've been leading up to is, since boxing always has had the, the element of the bizarre event. Like, look, you go back, you know, even the '50s, and I bring it up a lot, but it, it does, it is, it does need to be brought up a lot to get people in perspective. I mean, you know, Pete Rademacher, you know, Olympic <laughs> Olympian fought Floyd Patterson for the heavyweight title in his first pro fight. And, you know, scored a knockdown, then got knocked out. But, I mean, that was going on in the 1950s. So, and, you know, there's been all, all, kinds of, uh, all kinds of other stuff, you know, throughout boxing history. Being missed here, this is where, you know, my take's different, is like, you know, if you, and, and this is to me is where boxing's kind of messed up a little bit of an opportunity with this fight. I, you know, Fury should be the champ. You know, you and I have talked about that. I mean, he's obviously lineal. I think from my personal perspective that, you know, the ring and, and transnational made a mistake in this case with the Fury. He talks crazy and a lot. And, uh, you know, when he just said he's retired, saying he's not the champ anymore and then flapping it on, you know, Joshua and Usyk in a rematch. And then somehow that becomes for the title a mistake uh, so Fury still has, in terms of the alphabet terms, he still has the, w, you know, he's got lineal, which matters more, but he's got the WBC alphabet belt, but, and, you know, they'll do usually whatever's good for them for money and they don't care or integrity. I mean, I laugh to think it would be about that, but, you know, for, for some reason, what I, what I'm leading up to is this is a non-title fight. I, I think, uh, you know, you still have winning, but then 10 rounds. I mean, it, it's, it hasn't, like, I think where you could get some quick marketing for boxing and publicity and at least try to help boxing a little bit, even though it, this is a freak show type fight, would have been, hey, look, the MMA, the MMA guy, Nugano, who everybody knows from the UFC, is going to fight for the heavyweight title. I mean, make, make that the spin, pump it up. You know, start saying, well, 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 what if he lands one bomb and he becomes the heavyweight champ? I, I just think that that's missed. So, like, like you said, Chris, then about the pay per view, I, I do. I, I think even more so than you would have. You find yourself saying, like, well, why should I pay? You know, why should I pay for this? Like, what? So, so now it's a ten rounder that they're saying they're they're touting as a non-title fight for whatever reason. So even if Nagano were to land some crazy bomb and something wild would happen, of course it would go viral. But then, then we're going to say it's it's not you know it's not for the title and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, it just seems to me that they they're missing a marketing opportunity. And I think it did matter to them. I mean, it's on ESPN Plus pay per view in the U.S. and we've talked about Top Rank being the the quality control kind of people for that and. You know they handle Fury in the U.S. and they've a lot invested in them, uh, so they obviously wanted it for something. You know on U.S. pay-per-view uh, with their investment in Fury, but it's not really being utilized for maybe what they could 
get out of it. I mean, I'm, I am with everybody else in that. I see no reason why it should be competitive in the ring if Fury is in any kind of shape, uh, and, and maybe even if he's not. But uh, So don't get me wrong there, but I just think with boxing needing all the marketing help it, it can get, and it's already on pay-per-view in the U.S., so you got the guy who really is the true heavyweight champion in this in this thing, and it, it's not really even being marketed right. I mean, in other words, if you're going to have it, I mean, at least have boxing get the most they can out of it. I don't, I don't see that at all here. So I don't know exactly what fan is the market for this. Um, you and I have talked about this before too, Chris. I think we both think there's probably some element of fan like this. I mean, it seems to me the only fan this would appeal to is that MMA fan who overrates yep. the stand up of the MMA guys and just can't let that go, can't accept it, and is going to try one more time to see if the MMA guy, you know, can land some bomb or something and uh, and beat a legit boxer. I don't see any other fan, but like there's no spin to it to really appeal to boxing fans. I mean, even if they were mad about it, if the if you were really pumping it up as a heavyweight title fight, I, I actually think you probably would get some boxing fans, you know, buying in. I mean, let's face it. Don't tell me bo- there weren't boxing fans that bought Mayweather and McGregor. We knew there were plenty of boxing fans that did buy it. Um, you know, there was close. Of course there were MMA fans as well, but I mean, it was close to the Pacquiao Mayweather number below it, but, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't that far away, so you know, you know there was plenty of boxing fans that bought it, no matter what they say. I mean, I bought it. <laughs> I laugh. I so did I. So yeah, say what you will. I, I bought it. I mean, I, I was reasonably entertained. I mean, uh, so I, I just I, I don't know. I don't know what the marketing plan was for this one. I, I I'm, I'm scratching my head. I don't get it because when they signed it, even if you hated it as a boxing purist. I thought there was a marketing opportunity uh, to, to at least get some attention for it, and I haven't seen that utilized in this. So now it's just happening. It's pay-per-view, and I kind of I kind of get it even less than, than when they signed it. So then getting to what boxing fans have said they cared about, I'm going to go a little against what everybody's saying here. Um, now, you know, I was skeptical about, you know, Ryan Garcia and, and Tank, fighting and, and it ended up happening so you don't always uh, get it right but I, I don't see how I, and, I, and this one I'm not saying there was a conspiracy like sometimes I'll say this I've seen enough where I don't think there's a conspiracy that they haven't had a negotiation like in some cases they will do to promo the fight you have now like I think you know Warren really and, and Aram and Usyk's people but they really have been some discussions or something. I I think that here, I don't think they're making that all up, that it's one of these deals where they just throw it out there to try to get people to buy this, saying, oh, we'll buy this, and next you get Fury Usyk. But come on, I'm surprised boxing fans haven't been saying this more in boxing writers and commentators. You really believe Fury's going to fight Usyk in two months after this? And and Usyk's not even talking like he's all that ready. So, I mean, it's going to be right before Christmas. You know what, December. I, I mean, do you think, really, Chris? Do you, I mean, I'll throw it out to you. I mean, do you think Fury and Usyk are fighting on December twenty third? I, I, I will say, 
again, I, I was skeptical of Davis and Garcia and happened, but I, I still doesn't mean you, you can't you can feel so burned that you don't make predictions on other ones. I I'm gonna say no. I, I just don't see that fight happening on December twenty third. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no way. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, and especially since they've talked about they still are open in January and stuff like that in February. I've even heard too. So yeah, it's uh I don't know. I really don't think so. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I would favor I no, you know, on the on the no side because is is Usyk training right now too? I don't know. I mean, I, he better get in camp if he isn't. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't. I don't, he's not, I don't he's not think even so. talking like he's. He's not even talking right. like he's ready. Yeah, we haven't really yeah. heard much from him actually, considering it's the fight of his life. I saw one comment where he was. He was talking like he's not necessarily going to be ready, um, which really that, that's that's the kind of thing that wouldn't wouldn't have didn't shock me. And you know we know Fury, I mean he he's been erratic as it is. That you know would he would he do it after this payday he's getting for Dugano? He's gonna he's gonna do a two month turnaround for Usyk? I, I just don't see. I, I I don't see it. I mean I'm I'm gonna not feel burned about. Garcia Davis. I mean, I'm glad that happened. And just say, I, hey, I'm not going to say it never happens, but December 23rd. I mean, you, you would be thinking Fury's going to take this payday and be taking a break. I mean, you know, why, why get that big of a payday and have that quick of a turnaround? I mean, you, you even hear Canelo say stuff like that here and there, like, "Hey, I'm, you know, I just, I just got this payday. You know, I'm going to do my two dates a year, and, and that's it uh, of my usual dates." You know that I, that's what I would be thinking to be hearing out of Fury right now. I mean, so I, I'm I'm just uh, I don't I don't know. I thought I think again, even though it's got the freak show nature, I don't think boxing's taken advantage of the promotional aspect they could have gotten out of this, um, especially because it's in the U.S. on ESPN Plus, and I guess on the outside of the U.S. UK and somewhere else, I guess the zone's got it. So internationally, they even have some investment, but uh, just not really to me from the boxing end of it, not promoted like it could have been. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not getting, I don't know what you feel on this too, Chris. I'm not, can be hard to predict, but I'm not feeling any momentum for the pay-per-view. Are you? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm not feeling any. I, I think they've done a pretty good job marketing it. You know, I'll say that. I, I literally just uh, last night, saw, you know, in, in this weekend, saw some stuff for it. I'll give them that. Um, but, yeah, like I was watching the Vikes last night, you know, Vikings uh, Niners, and they, they had a ad during that and stuff. But, yeah, I haven't gotten one uh, – phone call or text message or even a regular at the bar saying, Hey man, what do you think about this? You think he's got a shot or whatever? Um, maybe they shouldn't have shown him uh, on the pads, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause it was looking pretty bad on the pads when he was throwing punches, but uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, he did seem to lose a hair of momentum after they showed him on the pads. I mean, that was really like, Oh my gosh, he's wide open and, and his punches and landing with any oomph for how big he is. But, uh, right. yeah, I haven't. I, I really haven't. I haven't seen much buzz for it. Heard, you know, yeah, I really haven't. I haven't I haven't had one person. And, you know, 
these recent other fights like this, the crossover or, or the YouTubers or whatever, I've definitely gotten some nudges. Even if uh, even if they say, John, you know, I'm not going to watch that shit or, or I'm not going to buy that. or I haven't heard anything good or bad about it, really. Right. That, that's, what I, that's, what, that's what I'm feeling. And you're right. Like, those, those YouTube guys, I mean, like it or not, I, I mean, that misfit stuff, I mean, you, you, people do seem to be watching it. So you, you feel some of that there, but this one, I don't know. We'll Especially see. in the U.K., you know? Yeah, I agree. More in the U.K., but it, you did seem to, you know, it, it seemed to catch on in the U.K. Um, yeah, Jake Paul seems like he's losing a little bit of momentum here, but you do see people talking about him still. I mean, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's still it was all over of, online, that's for sure. Right, right. I mean, you still see it out there. So, yeah, I, I thought that this would have and, – and when they signed it, I, I, I guess they thought it too. At least I'm not getting the feel that they built up. But you're right. You, you see some stuff around a little bit, but I'm not feeling – you know, we're talking about the week of the fight. I'm not feeling like it really got pumped up. And I think from the boxing end of it they, that – Boxing really didn't didn't promo it like they they could have to to try to, to try to get their end of the fan base in it and, and maybe uh, draw in a few new fans from from whoever these MMA types that watch are or any other curiosity seekers. So I think they missed that. Um, you mentioned the um, you mentioned the Hernandez uh, Foster fight that that fits a little bit of my theme, I guess. You know, Hernandez was a big prospect for Golden Boy and then got upset by KO by Gutierrez, who's, you know, okay, he's been around, had an alphabet belt, but, um, you know, not really anything special. And uh, other, you know, his other fights, not really of note, his victories. Uh, Foster, then a guy who just started slow, came on late. And of course, he was just fighting on Showtime, so uh, you know he, he, he again a crossover type of a thing. Um, and I I would think that you know Foster should win this, and that would uh, uh, again fit a little bit of the theme of I think it's getting getting pretty uh, tenuous for Golden Boy uh, with, with with what uh, with what how their stables. Uh, you know, going along. So, um, you know, I guess uh, if Hernandez could uh, get a big win, that would, you know, even though it's at 130 pounds, at least that that would help him reverse that a bit. But uh, they, they've uh, Oscar and uh, his people have got to be uh, a bit concerned that uh, that they need a win here. But with the form that Foster's been in, and um, you know, Hernandez. Having taken that uh, that KO loss, not really having any fought any other great opposition, he he kind of got the, even though this is an alphabet belt fight, he kind of got derailed on his way up. Um, you would think that Foster would have too much skill for him at this. Point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I definitely think that's fair. I, I like the uh, the pressure fighter boxer. Both of them got skills, though. I I, I do like the matchup. I think the odds are a little, a little too close, um, and you know maybe this is the time to bet with Foster because you may not get many of these odds 
in the next couple of his fights. That tight, anyway. Um, yeah, I would have, I would have, I would agree with you. Um, that would, when then when you get that and it's surprisingly tight, that might be uh, might be a good time to uh, to jump on Foster. I'm just uh, got me thinking, so I'm checking. Uh, what we got? Uh, yeah, I've seen anywhere from like a plus one fifty, plus not for Foster, but for Rocky. Uh, no, I I don't think I saw like a plus eight one eighty. Nothing over plus two hundred that I saw last time I checked. Yeah, so I'm uh, just looking at know. DraftKings. On DraftKings, they've got Foster minus one seventy five, Hernandez plus one thirty five. I agree with you. That's tighter than I would have thought. I think I would go far enough and say. Um, worth putting money on, and it reminds me just seen it above it on DraftKings. You mentioned the only the only thing I like on the um, Nagano Fury card is I do like the Wardley Adelaide fight. Uh, Wardley, yes. I would know him as yes. a background of pedigree, has impressed me more as he's gone along. He, he does seem to be developing, and he he's shown he's shown some potential, and you know Adelaide kind of up and down how he's looked, but, but he has looked good at times. This is, this is not a bad fight. It's kind of too mm-hmm. bad it's on this card. Uh, but I do like that fight. I, I just like the way Wardley's been looking. He is a favorite. I see him at minus 310 here. But, you know, th- this is one that, you know, this, this is one, this, this you wouldn't be shocked if, if Adelaide won this thing. But I, I, like, how, I like how Wardley's been looking even with that lack of background, he's actually gone far enough. He's he's become a guy I kind of like. So uh, I would think he keeps rolling along, but that's not a bad fight. And then um, you do have the Serrano-Ramos, which I did want to talk about in the sense that getting some publicity, rightfully so, uh, with you know Amanda Serrano has pushed for the three-minute rounds, which I think is right. There's – I, and that's garbage research by the WBC on that when, when how dangerous boxing is in general. There's there's no reason women need two-minute rounds as opposed to three that the men have. And, you know, they fight the same in MMA, which is sanctioned by commissions just like boxing is. So th- that WBC nonsense is a joke. If you look at the science they cited, it's, it's, it's not any hardcore research or, or the people that have done it. Um, it's it, you know kind, kind of nonsense. So um, I think it's it's a good thing. But here, here's where to me this is worth noting. I mean, especially you know Amanda Serrano is one of the women who has shown some pop, and we have seen a lack of pop in the women's game. You know, in recent years, and, you know, when you and I have talked about it, Chris, I do attribute it. They've been fighting two-minute rounds instead of three-minute rounds. I felt that would be the difference. Now, it's not all going to come down to this fight, but here's, to me, where if you want to call it a moment of truth for the women's game, I think it might be. You can't only go on one fight, but here's what I'm getting at. If if the women start fighting three-minute rounds, and let's say I would – I and proven to be wrong that the lack of KOs was not coming from the length of the rounds. It was coming from something else. Well, then I'll just go to like the late Emmanuel Stewart, who, you know, always said when he was commentating on HBO and I think accurately, look, as brutal as it may be, you know, boxing is a, is a brutal sport. 
I mean, we love a lot of the the elements about it, and but you know, it, it is it is the most dangerous brutal sport. But you know, fans love knockouts. I mean, knockouts go viral. You know, then in the, the social media era, you could add that onto it now in, in modern times, current times. So what I'm what I'm getting at is outside of, of any kind of sexism or anything like that, just from a pure fan entertainment perspective, if the women start fighting three-minute rounds and, and there's no KOs, uh, you know, then you don't even have that threat of a KO uh, or, you know, the KOs are just too seldom. I think that the future of the women's game is somewhat in question because, you know, then I'm looking at it just like we do in the men's game. I mean, if, if somebody's, we say that all the time, you know, if somebody's not entertaining, they've got no KO power. You know, we talk about B-ball being boring and I, I think rightfully so. Um, so, you know, he, he, he gets, again, I think rightfully so with the way the game's structured in terms of entertainment and who's going to bring money that, that he's not entertaining. So he's not putting any fans on the seat in the seats. He's not drawing any eyeballs. So, in the women's game, if you go to three-minute rounds and you still have the same lack of KOs, the same the KO percentages stay the same, I think then outside of the sexism, you just got to look at the women's game and say, is this going to be viable? You know, boxing's got enough trouble as it is shrinking in popularity. If the women's game just proves to not be able to generate KOs, even with three-minute rounds, what really is the future? And, you know, Eddie Hearn, I, I would say, uh, does it more than anybody else. Um, you know, he, he's he's got those fights on his cards regularly. And like I said, for equal opportunity, I like it. But from the entertainment value of the game, if, it, if it's proven that the women just can't, the KO percentages aren't going up even with longer rounds, I think that that's a problem. So, for me, I kind of look at this as a uh, women's fight where they're going with the three-minute rounds. It doesn't mean it has to be in this fight, but if that trend then continues, which I think is the right way to go, I don't think there's any reason the women should be fighting shorter rounds, then the KO percentages are going to have to go up or there is going to be some question as to some of the entertainment value of the women's game because even if you get a lot of punches thrown, if there's no real threat, of a KO in the fights, it's just not going to quite bring the same entertainment value. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Good breakdown in general. Um, any other items that you'd like to touch upon here, John? I think that was about it, uh, Chris. Thanks. I got a, got an opportunity to pretty much uh, touch on everything. Uh, kind of a different type of a weekend with Fury Nagano and like we just said, you've got Serrano, which is interesting, going with the three-minute rounds. Um, so, a couple, couple things to just watch there in, in the in the broader in the broader perspective. But we have a, I just wrapped. I don't have word on where PBC is going to go next for for their broadcasting, and and that's really at this point a huge thing in the sport. So. Uh, I'm interested in that. I, I would think most people that follow the sport closely are, even though it's an outside of the ring type of thing, but it's it's in the ring in a sense it's going to determine where you're going to see all these fighters. So um, it, that's something, you know, that's big and that we have to, we have to keep an eye on it because it's really important for the future of the sport, especially in the U S 
Real quick, what are your thoughts on this? And I've seen it from media, part-time media and everything that, well, they should go to the zone for the better of boxing, even if they had an Amazon deal on the on the table. Because think they, they think, well, it's easier easier to make the fights. And, you know, to an extent, I understand what they're talking about. They didn't exactly have a round robin at 160 when they had every 160-pounder besides Charlo and even Berlanga Mungia. You know, you're still going to have layers of, first of all, you're going to have, you know, different budgets, different dates. They're going to have their own dates, you know. So I understand what people are saying, but would they be saying this about top rank if they had, you know, instead of re-upping on, go to the zone for the better of boxing. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it's, it's silly to say to PBC, do something for the better of boxing when none of the other promoters are going to do that or be asked to do it. But that is something, since I do think it's a really important topic, I have been giving that a lot of thought myself um, over the last week or two, and I was thinking about it this morning. Um, I, don't, I don't think PBC will go with the zone, but I, di- I did think about it more theoretically. And, and actually, speaking of Oscar, this is something like going back close to 10 years Oscar was trying to get going and, and talked about a lot, but never was able to do it. But I thought about these numbers, and I'm just going to make up a number, but in a way, it's, it's not totally made up. Like, I'm not saying it would happen, but it's not crazy numbers. So I don't think they'll do it. I don't think PBC will do it. I don't think they have to do it, but this would this is maybe what people are kind of contemplating. Like, And this is where boxing promoters – probably don't do what they should do because they they tend quality of the fights. But this is what I was thinking this morning. More theoretical than anything. Let's just say that, you know, Al Heyman and PBC, they were offered money, like the zone decided to circle back and, and give boxing one more shot. Not exactly like they were doing before, but something like this. Like let's say the zone was decided they were going to give this another shot and now PPC is available. So they go to Al Heyman and PBC and, and they, they make, they make an offer that's satisfactory to them and they, they bring them on board. And this is their plan. They figure showtime's out of it. We're going to go now. They're at what? $22 a month right now for really nothing. Let's face it. I mean, you've got a few fights, but it's not worth $22 a month. I mean, I think there's almost unanimous agreement in that, but so but let's say they bring, they're going to give another shot at it. They bring PBC on board, and they say, you know, we're going to go 30 a month, and then, you know, we're going to have good fights from PBC, Golden Boy, and Matchroom USA, and, and we're going to, we are going to make it. Because TV can put this pressure on. I mean, back in the older days of, of show and HBO, they used to do some of that, and they, they got kind of lax on it. But And, and a lot of times – you know, it was debate if they were going to stay in boxing. This was always brought up, and let's face it, they both ended up out. But what I'm getting to is like where you know, zone they're going to charge thirty dollars a month, and they're they're bringing PBC on board, and they're going to put a lot of pressure on like Oscar and you know Al Heyman and and Eddie Hearn, and, and some of these guys are going to fight each other. Okay, like I know what you were saying, but like ma- mainly they'll have dates where they have some of their own guys fighting, but, they're, but they are going to fight each other. And it's 30 bucks a month, and not everything's pay-per-view. If you got a million subscribers in the U.S., 
which they're probably, you know, you, you see those numbers. I mean, it, it's probably shrinking, but at least within the last few years, you would look at some of those numbers and you could say, you know, th- there was prob- there was at least a million boxing fans in the U.S. Yeah, you would look at those ratings on those shows and stuff. You, you could kind of see it hovering around those numbers. So, you know, let's say you, you the product was better than when they first started out. They've got PBC on board. They're going to take another run at it, and they're going thirty bucks a month. But but there's only going to be like you know one or two pay per views a year, and and there's going to be real fights among all these guys, and it's going to be thirty bucks a month, million subscribers. And you know, that's thirty million dollars a month. I mean, you know that's that's not chump change. Um, you know, I'm, right, I'm yeah, not a I'm not a TV exec, but but I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing crazy numbers out there. You know, they're 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 even right, yeah, now. You're not like, oh, it's going to be three million subs, or yeah, yeah. Right, it's right, realistic. Right. That'd be realistic, right. especially just, if it was like Gervonta and Canelo on pay per view, and the rest is straight up. You know, right. So now that's you're what talking, I'm saying. And like, you know, now you're and, talking. And and that, and that's why all the years that they were still in it. That's why HBO and show were still in it. I mean, that those were their calculations. In other words, you know, you could go yep. back to better years, and they were saying, okay, we have two million people that are subscribed to HBO or show just for boxing, and back then it would probably even be higher. And you know, we're getting you know twelve bucks a month or whatever like that, and you know, then that's coming in monthly. That that those were the kind of calculations they were doing. But then when the fights get lesser then and there's too many pay-per-views, then the boxing fan eventually gets disgusted, at least some of them, not all of them. But, and, they, and that's when the numbers drop. And they say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not subscribing, you know, for this just for boxing anymore. I don't watch the other stuff. Because like you and I have said, they have better other programming. But if you're a boxing fan that doesn't watch the other stuff, then the fight quality goes down. You're saying, nah, I'm out. Everything's pay-per-view. So – yeah, you know that's been the problem that the promoters and then TV dealing with the promoters has had. But it's probably worth throwing out one more time. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's say DAZN wanted to take another run. They brought PBC on board, and they were going to make it 30 bucks a month or something like that, and have have good fights every month, and get a million subscribers in the U.S. just for boxing. Um, might might be might be more more workable, but. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it would have to be to me something like that. Um, because, but they don't they don't have enough now. Like they're at twenty two a month now. You think, oh well, they're only at twenty two now. Yeah, but they but two dollars every month. They've got nothing. Um, with, when you consider they don't have any other programming, it's not worth it. So, uh, they're, right. they're, you know, their U.S. subscribership's got to be really low right now. I mean, really, really low. Look, if Showtime yeah. went out, I mean. I'm not Steven Espinosa, you know, but like, like it's not his final decision, but let's face it. Like you and I were saying, Chris, we thought maybe Paramount and CBS would stay in. They went totally out. I think people were saying, Oh, well, it's a corporate decision. Yeah. But I think some of the boxing fans are rationalizing, trying to make themselves feel better. You know, Paramount CBS is saying we're out. Like we, we don't see any value. So, you know, you know, we're totally out. So it's it's not a yeah it's a company decision but it's bad because they looked at the whole thing and said nah it's not even worth getting Paramount involved uh, you know you know Paramount Plus you know CBS we're, we're out so 
those numbers, what the numbers, look, they don't tell you, but you look at the ratings, and then what that goes to is the number of subscribers for boxing at Showtime had to drop to a level that they didn't feel was sustainable anymore, or worth it anymore. So sure. that's that's what danger that that's what would be a problem about what I'm talking about now is it, it's not even ten years ago. I mean, because you look at those old HBO numbers before the fights got worse and worse, and you still saw seven figure figure numbers for some fighters. Yeah. But you know, Canelo fought Kirkland, you know, at Minute Maid Park in Houston and what'd that get? Like two point four million on HBO. But see that you gotta remember that's people subscribing to premium cable. So that's that's like a lot. I mean, yes, yeah, Canelo, but still, that that's just like a good example. And and even you know Golovkin, he he didn't cross over to pay per view, but his HBO numbers when he was getting popular, you know, he he was still pulling a mil, you know, a, a, a million. And, and look, when Wilder fought on show, I think even when you know he he was he was around a millionish. You know, I think I think that Brazil fight might have been close to, and your know, show had a lot less subscribers than HBO, so even if it was a little under a million. I'm talking about those kind of numbers. That's where you can say, hey, if we've got that amount of subscribers who are in for that, that works for them. But you you, you saw those ratings, the, the the late HBO ratings in the game, and and the uh, the show ratings, and that's where I think people don't get. Like they say, oh, show the smaller guys and. And give them a shot, and it's an entertaining fight. Yeah, but if people don't want to watch them, I mean, those num- you know, those numbers weren't there. I mean, when Chuck Latito fought on the same card as Golovkin, yeah, the numbers were there. But if you know, if it was just him, you know, he he he's not he wasn't gonna you know going back in the old HBO days, you know, he he wasn't gonna pull in a million. So I think this is where we're at. I mean, I I don't know if there would like there'll be a last ditch run for a, for a streamer to say. Man, maybe if we really have a lot of good fights, you know, for X amount of months, we we can do this. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, but but when they're talking about the DAZN thing, that, it would have to be something like that to me. And ultimately, I think what would have to be is, and I don't think the zone, especially in the U.S., is uh, is willing to spend that way like they were earlier. Um, but it's literally to buy up the entities, you know what I mean? So then they're your entities. <laughs> the people yeah. can still work there and all that stuff, but if you bought the PBC, you bought Golden Boy, then now you're talking. You know, now you're talking. Uh, because well, you then you point, can, right? you know, if you bought up That's the a, entities, yeah. you know, and then you can match it, and then they are a team. They're on the same team, and, um, you know, and that's, you know, when you look at the contract expiring just in general, you know, one, well, that's the thing. Let's say, let's say it is Amazon. Let's say it's HBO Max with this new uh, BT streaming thing. Let's just say, right, let's say PBC went there. Let's take the zone out of it. PBC goes there. They have a good first year or whatever. Top rank fires. Boom, they go there. You know. That, if you got top rank, and we talk about Golden Boy, and then what a top rank and and, and uh, PBC together would be a damn good combo too. Obviously, all three would be together, and then also whatever you know Matchroom has here, like Bam and whatnot. But if they did that, then you can you know control a lot more, and then it isn't as 
you know, then it's just one big budget, you know, instead of, like I said, they're going to, PBC is going to have the most fights, the biggest budget, blah, 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 on the zone, and you're still going to have problems making the fights. But I do see what people are talking about as far as it being less, I won't call it easy, right, but less difficult to make the fights. I do agree with some of that. Matters what weight class, of course. Um, I just think that's the ultimate way to to get to then then you're like okay go to the zone for sure then you know yeah you make a good point though because you're right uh, you know the zone actually was the main owner in Matchroom USA so exactly it's not like it hasn't um, been done you know yeah but but you make a good point I mean U.S. boxing and and who knows maybe that's where we are at um, you know maybe maybe really somebody just has to buy, you know, PBC and top rank. If, if you had them together in the U.S., that would be pretty potent. Um, even though you Endeavor, if you're hearing this, just... Endeavor, if you're hearing this, please, <laughs> please help yeah, because us. Yeah, they've no. got, they've got W. <laughs> they got no you know, other guys that would spend the money. Right. And they're combining WWE and, and um, right. UFC apparently. So, I was yep. just reading up on that a little bit, a couple hours before the show. Uh, yeah, and so Endeavor's doing that, and and that's you know, that's where boxing is getting left a little bit you know behind because that you know mm-hmm. it's not that they they probably wouldn't have some interest like you're saying, but when it gets too difficult and then they they go in the other direction with just WWE and and UFC. Yeah, if you, if you had like a if you if you bought PBC and Top Rank, that would be a that would be a pretty strong combo in the U.S. even at this point for boxing. Um, and then yeah, the quality man, people that already exist, John, can just do their job. They could just go to work and do their job. You know what I mean? And, and, and run the company. Right. And, and maybe maybe market conditions will just force it just with this shrinkage of boxing right. that we're talking about. Because sometimes when it gets desperate enough, that's when things like that do happen. Uh, you, you would you would think the way things are headed, uh, that as you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, a good point. It may, you know, you you wouldn't think we're in the direction of where this top ranked deal is going to get renewed with ESPN. I mean, I don't have any information on that, but you you not would for the think, same money. That's for damn no. sure. <laughs> no, no, no way. Uh, because you you know you can see they're not. They're not trying to increase the level of fights or anything like that. And as us boxing right. fans know, I've seen this cycle a long time in modern boxing. That's that's always the first sign. So, I mean, even though it's not bad, you know, you're you're going to have that what good jog book, good all fight. You know, it's not a not a bad fight, but I mean, as as we well know, I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna carry. ESPN in the U.S. I mean, you know, those those types of fights. So, um, you know, they're going to have Stevenson De Los Santos isn't bad. I mean, Stevenson's, you know, one of the guys that's kind of making his mark, but it's it's not going to be enough. It's just not going to be enough. So, I mean, part of what they had planned was that that exposure was going to result in them having some pay-per-views that were going to be big sellers. And that just, that just hasn't happened for top rank. 
There you have it. Well, as always, we covered a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Um, thanks for stopping in. I'm actually about to take a little trip down the Mississippi River, the Great River Road, and see some of these fall colors tomorrow and the next day, John. So I'm going to get a little, uh, you know, refueling and then and be back ready to go, putting my head down full steam. All right, Chris. We'll, we'll get a good recharge traveling down the Mississippi and uh, enjoy that enjoy that little break. And uh, thanks for uh, having me, as always. Yes, sir. You take it easy, John. Have a good one. All right. Take care, Chris. All righty. As always, great boxing in mind. Just real quick, don't have a lot of time left. But, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> breaking down that, you know, Oshaki Foster, Rocky Fern- or Hernandez. Um, Fernandez, what the hell am I talking about? You know, like I said, we were talking about with Jake, you know, fairly smart, aggressive fighter in Rocky. Not not just throwing a bunch of punches, not Tasmanian devil type stuff. Got a jab, pressures with that jab. Um, you know, overhand rights galore, left hooks galore, those lead left hooks, lead overhand rights, the left hook uppercut, look out for that. Um, it's going to take a little bit for Foster to um But Foster – you know, has the footwork, has the defense, has the counterability, no doubt about that, with both hands, by the way. I love what he does with the jab, stabs it to the stomach, in the head. Um, speaking of lead shots, his lead right hand is damn good, or just the straight-up one-two. Um, he's able to mix it up, kind of, you know, aim for the openings, if you will. The big thing is just staying off the road got to stay off the ropes and like i said you know i'm not saying don't put a plus number on rocky you know it's it's there sure but i just think it's a little undervalued uh right now i I think uh i think if it was plus 175 getting closer to plus 200 then i'd jump on it but like i said you know to john I, i think this is like a good time we don't know who foster's fighting next so this is a good time to put money on coming off that Ray Vargas, you know, performance where he just looked good earlier this year. You know, he's uh while back the Bravo fight, Fernandez. I mean, he, he's, he's fought some solid dudes, you know, um, can't look at those decision losses way back in the day talking, you know, 2015 and 16, something like that. So I do like Foster. I think it will be by decision. Um, But I like Foster to win that one for sure. Um, What else we got? So, yeah, there has been a lot of talk about Dan Raphael. This is from Dan talking about, you know, the Benavides, Andre, you know, rumored bouts. There's a rumored Mayweather exhibition on December 9th, the rumor was lately anyway, Mikey Garcia. The first one that was the Gotti rematch. But then Mikey got it sounds like that Mike, Mikey Garcia came out and said, no, nah, that that's 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 not true. There was rumors about a non pay per view, and that's where I, I was hoping uh, that's December sixteenth. But it sounds like Danny Garcia, Aristlandi Lara, and then Thurman Stanonius will be on a pay per view. Um, and, 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 you know, what other fights 
will be on that pay-per-view. We'll see. Um, but, it, you know, it is what it is. And Manny Rodriguez, by the way, retired. And then actually his trainer, I believe, convinced him not to retire. He's back. So, by the way, that Lopez-Wheeler fight on Pro Box, that was a nice scrap. Someone sent me that. Um, someone asked me about, you know, rumors about David Morell and Uzgadaji. As we know, that fight's been rumored for a while, on and off. Um, you know, I don't know. I like the fight just because I think he needs more fights. If he fought him and then next year fought uh, Shishkin, you know, sign me up for those two fights. Two vet, you know, one vet, Shishkin, it just would be a solid fight for him. By the way, most valuable promotions, the Zone and Jake Paul to an agreement for 2024, most valuable prospect series, six different dates. This is uh, Pro Box TV, Teofimo Lopez on his next fight, because he's retired, then he's not retired. I'd like to fight Javante Davis or Ryan Garcia. He said he tried to make the Cambosas rematch, but they'd rather fight Lomachenko. Um he said, I'm waiting for those guys to show me something when it comes to Pro Gray and Haney. Um, so let, let's see if he actually, uh, you know, means it, you know. Let, let's see if he actually means it. Um, and then, yeah, someone also sent me this. The WBO has granted an opportunity for Crawford to go up and fight Tim Zhu for the WBO. That was, you know, pretty uh, pretty obvious because that's how that goes. Um this is uh, Ezra Boxing. Good follow, by the way. Solid dude. Boxing is one winner, one loss away sport. Santion went from mid to went from mid to a threat to anyone at 147. Rocha went from contender to journeyman. And you know, I I wouldn't go journeyman. I think he's too young to be that. But he does make a great. I saw this McCaskill Ryan. Uh, they they tried to appeal man I think it was the WBO trying to appeal um, you know their their mandos that they have the bot you know both boxers were ordered to take mandos and, and the WBO rejected the appeal um, and box red gray shouts out to him he made a good point there's less than a hundred active fighters in their weight classes and yet they're both told to fight their mandatory you know it's like come on dude um, it's just silly. It's really silly. Um, there is actually Adam Stern um, from the uh, Sports Business Journal. Golden Boy targets growth, including potential investor. Looking to capitalize on a big year for boxing, Oscar De La Hoya Golden Boy has uh, multiple projects in the works designed to revitalize the promotional company, including a new, a potential new investor. So Philip Button brought in to see, you know, where it goes. I'm not going to read the whole article. It is a charge article, but um, I don't know. Here's Fred, who, by the way, wrote a great article. You guys should check it out. Uh, Fred Garvin Real, at Fred Garvin Real. Um, when Dan Raphael is the voice of reason in regards to Paramount killing Showtime Sports, you know the boxing media slipped to extreme levels. You're not lying. 
Tommy Fury to fight Hub TV. I would love to share the ring with Conor McGregor. If Conor wants it next, I'll 100% share the ring. It's just funny because he's like, I got to get out of this stuff. Oh, wait, actually, you know, hold on. Um, here's Boog Williams. Ain't no boogeyman or boogie woman in boxing because truth be told, they've turning down, they be turning down more fights and opportunities than you think. That is 100% fact. Anyway, I think I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the weekend. Um, like I said, hopefully some of these undercards pop off. Like I said, I got uh, Oshaki Foster, Oshaki Foster by, um, by decision. Anyway, I'll be back next Tuesday. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, because you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, the bullshit, the whole bag, and when you become a world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. I'm going to show you it's this. So I'm going to get any, every dollar worth of, 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 of what I deserve.